reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 8, chapter 1, and beginning at verse 28, and through to chapter 2, verse 7. Paul has been speaking about the significance and the supremacy of Jesus. And he continues, verse 28, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge." I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What a year it was. That's only scratching the surface. There's quite a number of things that uh, weren't up there. Did you see yourself somewhere there? Hope so. Unless you're here for the first time, then that would be a bit freaky. Um, what a what a wonderful uh, way to look back and celebrate all that God has done in and through us over the last year. And it's it's worth uh, considering at this point uh, how God might use each one of us and all the gifts and resources that he's given us to continue to grow his kingdom here in Shell Harbour as we look forward. We tend to overestimate what we can achieve in a, a day or even a week, but uh, as I think that uh, little film shows, we, we often underestimate just what we can achieve in a whole year together as God's people. Praise God for all he's done through us. And praise God that he doesn't just work through us, but he also works in us to make us, as that reading from Colossians said, mature in Christ. Or oh, I love that verse in Philippians. Uh, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. What a great promise that is for us. So often the fruit of God's work through us is the overflow of his work in us. Uh, So as we start another year, it's worth considering how will we grow? How will we grow in our knowledge and love of God in 2023? Let's pray before we dive into this uh, new uh, topic and new series. Loving Father, thank you for your faithful and wonderful work in us and through us in the past year. As we look forward to another year, please help us to trust you more and more and to recognise and submit to your great plans for our lives individually and as a church family here in Shaw Harbour. Amen. Well, our usual practice uh, here is to work our way through a book or, or section of the Bible explaining what it means for our lives. 
But in our summer series this year, uh, we're hopping around like a kangaroo all over the Bible, exploring the theme, Habits That Help Us Grow. Now, we're all familiar with growth. Like, you know, we haven't had a tiny bit of rain and already the grass is starting to shoot up. You can just about watch it grow when you have ideal conditions. Um, Did you know that bamboo is the fastest growing type of grass? In perfect conditions, up to three feet a day. Imagine if your buffalo lawn did that. Be in trouble, wouldn't we? But what about us? What about us? Um, What do we need for healthy growth? The greatest commandment comes to mind. Uh, Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Love him with your whole being. And love your neighbour as yourself. Do that and you've got a a balanced, healthy life that honours God. And it'd be great to spend time looking at all of the the healthy habits in each of those areas of life. You know, loving God with our heart, you know, all our emotional health and and using all of our emotional capacity in fruitful service for the Lord. Loving God with all our soul, really growing in our spiritual health and using all our spiritual capacity in fruitful service of the Lord. Loving God with our mind, really growing to mature mental health and mental capacity and using that capacity. You know, some people are really, really clever. You know that? Just phenomenal minds. But God wants us to use what he's given us in that way, in fruitful service of the Lord. Loving God with our, our strength and growing in our, our physical health and using our physical capacity in fruitful service of the Lord. And loving our neighbours as ourselves, and I think of this as as growing in our relational health and using our relational capacity in fruitful service of the Lord. Now, as you see those five words on the screen, now I've kind of uh, used five more more modern terms to reflect those verses. Uh, Is there one or two that really stand out to you as being a bit out of balance in your life right now? Perhaps they all feel out of whack. I don't know. Uh, but what areas of, of your life really need attention? What areas of life do you need God's help and the love and support of other brothers and sisters in Christ to help you grow stronger and bear good fruit in the year ahead? Well, as I said, I'd love to spend time on all five of those. Uh, but for the rest of our time this morning, I'm going to focus just on three key habits that foster spiritual health and growth. And um, anyone that's done the the baptism preparation with me before Easter sunrise service at the beach will recognise these uh, quite easily. Uh, Bible, prayer and fellowship. Now I'm going to limit myself to just four reasons why we should passionately pursue each uh, of these areas with good habits. And I'm going to finish with some practical questions at the end. So let's dive into Bible. Number one reason reason for reading the Bible is this. We actually find God. We find God, the one true and living God. I I love the game hide and seek. Don't play it so much these days, but you never know with a new little one coming soon. Maybe it'll enter the house again. But once when I was seeking, I got distracted. And after a little while, I had to deal with some very annoyed siblings and cousins who got sick of hiding. See, the point of the game is to seek. And that's the point of life. 
as well. And in his kindness, God's made it possible for us to not only seek him, but find him. In the pages of scripture, he's revealed himself to us clearly. And in doing so, we find life, meaning, purpose, direction, forgiveness, peace, healing, love, joy, hope, and so much more. In the word of God, we seek him. In the word of God, we find him and hear him speak to us. Paul says this to young Timothy. From infancy, you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow, there's a whole sermon, isn't there? Wonderful. See what God does through his word? He shows us how to have an eternal relationship with him. That's what salvation is. And secondly, uh, God's word thoroughly equips us to serve him. That's a great goal, isn't it? To be thoroughly equipped. The strategy to get there is the habit of regular Bible reading. Sadly, I think we often treat our Bible reading like a quick shower. Jump in, jump out, you know, hard to get wet. Or worse, we treat the Bible like some kind of magic book. We come to it with our problems and, you know, as though we flip it over with a blindfold and a pin and hope that whatever it lands on is going to be what God uh, will have us for our, our needs. Friends, there are 66 books of God-breathed communication to us. So let's immerse ourselves in the scriptures, more like the warm, soaking bath, and really get to know God and delight in him. I remember as a little boy hearing about some Christians in China rejoicing because they'd received a single page of the Bible just torn out and and passed around. They read it, they learned it, and they passed it on to others. So inspiring. I don't know how many Bibles I've got on my shelf. Quite a few. Let me share two more reasons from the Bible. And uh, you shared from Psalm 118. I'm going to go one more to the longest one. I'm not going to read it out. It takes about 28 minutes. But two favourite verses. Uh, Again, great reasons to to read God's word. In fact, Psalm 119 has 176 verses and every single verse mentions God's word. Really nourishes your soul to read it. So that's a good goal for the year. Uh, Verse 11 says this, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. What a great, great verse. Sin wreaks havoc in our lives. But God's word word helps us recognize it and avoid it or, or root it out. And verse 105, so familiar. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Through God's word, we receive God's guidance. We do ourselves harm by ignoring it. Friends, we've barely scratched the surface, but we've already got uh, four great reasons to read God's word. He, He brings salvation. He equips us to serve. He protects us from the damage of sin. And he guides us in life. There's so much more if we we spend the time to dig. But in short, it's essential for life and health as a Christian. And that's why we as a church place a really high priority on the Bible. In fact, let me quote our own website. 
As a community of Christians, we are committed to listening to what God has to say through his word, the Bible. And a little bit later under the heading Bible, straight off the website, the Bible is our supreme authority in all matters of faith and godly living. John Thorpe, as good as he is, he's not our supreme authority. Jesus is. And we hear him speak to us through his living word, the Bible. As a result, our services are built around reading and explaining the Bible. We have connect groups as well, of course, that provide the opportunity to dig deeper in smaller groups and share our lives together. And the Daily Life booklet, I know some people have been using that, provides readings that you can do on your own day by day through the week. It all lines up with what we're doing together. Um, it's all designed to help us grow in our knowledge and love of God. And can I just say, if you want more help or ideas, there's just so many resources and methods and materials and online ideas and, and apps that you can use, and I know some of you do, all designed to help us dig deeper into the nourishing truth of God's Word. Uh, I've tried many things over the years myself. Uh, my current habit is the RAP method, read, apply, pray. And the last bit has been particularly helpful for me because I, I, I've spent a lot of time in the Bible preparing, reading, um, reading with others and, and things like that. And it, it's easy to just keep it up here. But um, you know, after I take notes, I limit myself to one A5 page each day and read, apply, and then I write out a prayer. And um, it just brings me with whatever I've learned to God. And just inviting him, asking him to write it on my heart. It's been really, really helpful. So the Bible is the primary way God speaks to us. And prayers, I've just mentioned, is how we speak to God. And the first reason to pray is because God tells us to. This is one of my favourite memory verses. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 Pray at all times. Here it comes. Next one. There it is. The, the old NIV used to say, yeah, used to say, pray continually. Or pray without ceasing. Yeah, I like pray continually. I learned that as a memory verse in about year one. Uh, even I could achieve that. It's good, isn't it, though? But, but what does that actually mean? Well, it means bringing every moment of life to God. Yeah, throughout the day, there's a little chatty prayers so that, so that we can um, seek his direction. And um, walk in his ways. Someone put it like this. When I wake up, I dial up and I never hang up. I like it. Secondly, we pray because we have needs, as do those around us. What's more, God already knows us, knows our circumstances, knows our needs better than we do. That's what Jesus said. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. That's profoundly comforting, isn't it? So comforting. There's no special language that gets us closer to God. God doesn't sort of hear King James English and go, well, I'm going to listen to this one. (laughs) Um, You know, God just listens to the honest heart poured out to him in earnest prayer. God delights to hear our prayers. And he always responds with what is best for his children. Thirdly, we pray because God says it works. God invites us to participate in the flow of history. 
Our prayers can alter the course of history. And the Bible is full of examples. There's an old book on prayer called The Hour That Changes the World. Some of you may have read it. It was a challenge to believers to spend one hour each day in fervent prayer. I uh, have my late grandmother's well-used copy. I know many lives were impacted by her prayers. Uh, fourthly, uh, so many things I could say, but fourthly, prayer brings peace to the prayer. I quoted this verse a few weeks ago. It's one of my favourites. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So much comfort. God doesn't promise to give us exactly what we've asked for there, but he does promise to give us peace. We pray because God commands it. We pray because we need it. We pray because prayer changes things as God hears and responds. And we pray because God brings peace into our lives and so much more. That's why we as a church place a high value on prayer. We have various times of prayer built into each of our services, including you know, one specific point of intercessory prayer. Uh, it's built into our youth and our children's programs. Prayer is an important part of our connect groups. Daily life, again, has excellent resources for our personal prayers. One of the things it's got is all of the names of our, our church members, who have been happy to have their names printed, uh, just go through alphabetically in daily life. So when you see your name come up on any, any given day, I don't know, only God knows how many people in our church family are praying for you that day. It's really lovely. It's so special. Um, it's one of the things, ways we can support each other. Now, numerous people um, organize their own sort of prayer, you know, meeting in smaller groups for prayer walks and prayer triplets and, and so on. So good to do. Um, and, and this year, we're, we're also going to start each school term with a, an open prayer meeting with a couple of time options um, just to commit the term of ministry to the Lord together for anyone who wants to gather. So I invite you all. It's going to be great. Prayer is vital for our, our spiritual health and growth. And friends, the third habit, if you think of it like a three-legged stool, it cannot stand on two legs. The third leg, the third habit is fellowship. If you take a, a red-hot coal out of the fire and place it on the ground, it'll grow dark and cold pretty soon. And it's so often the case with believers who neglect regular fellowship with their church family. Hebrews 10.24 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Can't do that if we're not together. It goes on saying, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. There's two reasons for fellowship in that verse. Being encouraged and encouraging others. Both are so important, but we so easily forget the second one. We only think about ourselves, how I can be encouraged, uh, but let me ask you this. How often have you been deeply encouraged by someone else who, who turned up when you knew they had every reason not to be there? So encouraging. So encouraging. Friends, you are that person for someone else. Be here for yourself. Be here for others. 
We also gather to express our unity as God's saved people. He saves people and then he gathers them. Listen to how they're described in 1 Peter. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I love that. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. People, priesthood, nation, they're all collective terms. And of course God loves us as individuals, but he always gathers his saved people together to bless him. You see right through the Bible, gathered his people at Mount Sinai, in the promised land, at the temple, in the New Testament church. One day we'll be all gathered together, every tribe, tongue and nation in heaven. And see how he loves his gathered people. We are his Special possession. Beautiful. And what do we do together? Well, I'll call this reason number four. We declare his praises. In other words, we tell how awesome God is and how he's saved us through Jesus Christ. One of the ways I love doing that together is is singing. Uh, Always better in a, a big group, I find. I'm heading up to CMS Summer School next week and the tin shed with lowish roof and 2,000 people. How good is that? Awesome. We gather to express our unity as God's saved people, to be encouraged and to encourage others and to share the wonderful news of the gospel. That's why we as a church place a very high priority on fellowship. We have church services and we'd all be together if we had a really, really big space. We'll just keep adding services as this room fills up Uh, because gathering together is so, so important as we grow together. We have smaller connect groups. I I keep on saying it. And and I know that uh, those of you who are part of a regular connect group and attend regularly love it and value it. And that's why you're there week in, week out. And um, I just encourage those of you who do attend to invite, encourage those who don't attend Because those small groups are so vital to our our growth in the Lord. So, so helpful. And uh, we also have, as organised events, uh, various groups and events to foster godly friendships across all age groups. Because we want genuine Christian fellowship, mutual encouragement to to happen informally as well, not just in our, our, our formal gatherings. Bible prayer fellowship. There you go. There's your three-legged stool. Uh, Three essentials for spiritual health and growth. So how do we make it happen? By godly habits. Habits. Uh, Habits, a regular pattern of behavior, a predictable routine. Uh, There are good ones and there are bad ones. So we need to be proactive. We need to decide what habits we will put in place. Beginning of the year that are going to help us flourish spiritually. Now, I've briefly answered the why, four reasons why for each of those things. Uh, so here are some questions to talk about and answer and implement, perhaps even before the end of the day. And I'll post them on Facebook after our evening service. I've asked the, uh, the what. Back in about year two, I learned all these other ones on the next screen. Here we go, the when, where, what, how, who. And we just ask these of these three things. When will I read the Bible? Where will I read it? What's going to be most helpful to concentrate and learn from God? 
what will I read? Where in the Bible? Uh, how will I read it? Will I use some sort of uh, resource material or, or app or something like that? Will I read it alone or, or with others or both? I think one of the great joys for many parents is reading the Bible with their children or, or, or with grandchildren. Wonderful thing to do. What about prayer? When will we pray? Where will we pray? How long will we pray for? We'll set aside a time. Put it in the diary. Put it in the schedule. Um, what will we pray about? Oh, it's easy to, to fill an hour if you stop and start thinking about it. Um, how will you plan your time? And that book I mentioned, The Hour That Changes the World, simply divided the hour into 12 five-minute segments, 12 different types of prayer. Very helpful book. Um, I've got a copy if you want one. Who will I commit to pray for and encourage this year? Family or friends? Um, and as I establish godly habits for 2023, who can encourage me and hold me accountable in, in my prayers? I've had the absolute delight uh, last year of praying with Peter Hunter. Um, once a week, get doing a, a prayer walk through Blackbutt. It's just so good. Because I'd struggle to keep praying for an hour sitting there by myself. I do struggle. So praying with someone else has just been um, a real delight in other ways as well. Um, And what about fellowship? Can I encourage you all um, that the 1045 service is the most consistent attendance of all of our services. We have an average of 47 people every week. with a bell curve that stretches to about 44 and 50. That's three other sides. Yeah, so, like, so consistent, and that's fabulous. And can I just say, one of the interesting, um, one of the interesting impacts uh, of COVID is that since COVID, um, attendance in all kinds of organisations, but it's true of the church as well, um, has diminished uh, and become more sporadic. Those who are every week are now three out of four. Those who are three out of four are now one or two out of uh, four, uh, and so on. Um, And so we're we're still seeing pretty much all the same people, if I I look across last year, but the overall attendance is a lot more patchy. That's something to pray for um, as we head into this year. Bible prayer and fellowship. Friends, we reap what we sow. What commitment will we make to our spiritual health and growth in 2023? And as I think about it, I wonder what God will do through us this year as a church family, as the overflow of his work in each one of us individually. Amen.